0: Hey everyone, if you are familiar or a regular listener of the Mission City Church podcast, you probably recognize over the last couple of weeks that our regular programming has been a little thrown off, or our schedule has. We haven't had a, a Thursday episode here for a couple weeks, and uh, you might have already heard this or found this out, but that's because uh, Sarah and I welcomed our first child into the world this a uh, few weeks ago, and so uh, although I had some pre-recorded episodes that I planned on getting out over that time, I was sadly mistaken at how much time Uh, being a parent to a newborn was going to take and just didn't quite have the uh, capacity to get those out uh, while I was trying to learn how to be a dad for the first time and so uh, I appreciate your patience appreciate your understanding in that we should moving forward be back to our regularly scheduled programming but just wanted to let you all know that and we plan to continue with these uh, Thursday episodes we've got uh, this week and next week to continue and wrap up our uh, can I ask that series and then we'll be starting a new series in a few weeks so enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the Mission City Church Podcast, Thursday edition. We continue our series where we are asking questions that we're not sure we can ask. (laughs) Or in other words, can I ask that? Uh, Looking at questions that uh, Christians or people who are just considering things of life and the afterlife and what happens when we die uh, that may be wanting to know, and they just haven't been sure that they can ask that. Or maybe you're a believer and you've always wondered this, and you're just not sure in the church context, what would happen to you if you actually asked it and so we're going to answer those questions for you and today we are tackling this issue of is jesus the only way to god and i'm really excited about it, our conversation i have russell schultz lead pastor mission city church joining me today russell what's up man how are you doing doing great can i ask that yes you can yes you can hey i need to apologize to you for a second here uh in a previous episode I had given you a hard time about falling asleep to the West wing and also claiming that you loved the show. And I immediately realized after we finished recording that I fall asleep to the office all the time. And I claim to also love that show. And so, uh, that's just on me. You know, I, uh, I realize that you can fall asleep to your favorite shows and that's totally fine.
1: Yeah. I think we all do, you know, I think we all do. Although, uh, I This might be a hot take You already know this about me But I don't really like The Office Yeah It's one It's You know Everyone has a flaw so. You know I looked at So I, I uh, Was trying to watch The Tour de France Like maybe a couple months ago And I So I downloaded Peacock That's the Tour
0: of France For those who speak English
1: mm, See <laughs> See what I did there mm-hmm. uh, But they have The Office on there And they also have Parks and Rec And people Do you like Parks and Rec?
0: Uh, I haven't really given it a, a real chance. I'll be honest.
1: Yeah. So, but I was fascinated to see that the ratings for The Office versus The Parks and Rec were higher on Parks and Rec, like the Star review.
0: Well, The Office walked so that Parks and Rec could run a little bit. You know, not that I necessarily think the Parks and Rec is better in the few episodes I've seen, but I think The Office was relatively like early on with the moving camera and like not just still shots and. Not having a laugh track, things like that. Where so, so you're it saying was ahead of its time.
1: You're saying their success
0: made the way for Parks and Rec to have success. Yes.
1: You're talking about the British
0: Office, right? British Office made the way for the American <laughs> Office, which made the way for Parks and Rec. <laughs> okay, so, so you part, keep going. But, <laughs> but
1: we're all a, we're all in agreement that Parks and Rec is the better show. No,
0: but I will give it a fair shot at some point in my life. If you now.
1: don't, if you can't look at Ron Swanson and think he's not amazing, then I don't, I don't know if I can be on this podcast anymore.
0: Well, maybe I just won't watch it, so I don't have an opinion that we can keep you around. I'll give you
1: some time. I'll give you at least 18 months to think about
0: it. Fair. Thank you. Uh, well, hey, I as we're going through this conversation today, and we've taken plenty of time here, um, but a couple things that I want us to do, uh, and I want to just get out ahead of. So I know through a lot of these conversations, it can be, maybe sound like we are teaching or that we have uh, these questions all figured out. And I think it's important for us to acknowledge that that's not the case. Uh, We are coming at this as humbly as we can, I think, or trying to be humble in our approach to this. Uh, If we've come across so far in this series, like we know all the answers, we know what we're talking about. It's not exactly true. Um, We try to... Approach, I think we talked about in a previous episode approaching the scriptures with an open mind. We try to approach these questions with an open mind as well. Uh, we try to approach them in a way that's helpful, but also is a conversation starter for you and a jumping off point so that you have some information to begin to answer these questions. Not necessarily like we have all the answers or that we are coming at this in an arrogant or uh, haughty kind of way where we know all and we know best. So, hopefully that comes across in our explanation of these questions or the way that we answer them. And if you have any questions or if you feel like there's something that we left unaddressed, please send me an email. We would love to circle back and maybe at the end of this series, we can have just a and a Q&A of what our listeners sent in. We would love to, to do that, to add that to the end of the series. So uh, any thoughts on that, Russell, anything that comes to mind, like we just want to approach this humbly. Um, I don't know. How, how do you think about that as you kind of answer some of these, maybe more difficult questions?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, we could be wrong. Like that's possible. Like I'm, I'm open to the fact of being wrong. And so, um, either by misspeaking or just like, we just don't have all the information. And so we could be wrong. And so we, we do want to humbly approach these. I do think that's, that's part, that's probably the hard part about, um, at least in my experience, I grew up in a, in a community. It was a great, honestly, like faith community and it, um, but it was very much so like, this is it, this is the only way. And if you don't get this, then you don't belong you're not a part of it and as i've gotten older and as i've learned more i feel like it's i i like i like sitting in the tension of things more like you know this uh because you're like well, what do you think about that i'm like well i think this and i think that that's not answering the question Cool.
0: <laughs> Nobody sits on a fence like Russell Schultz.
1: I love sitting on a fence. Um, but I do think because both sides teach you something typically about ourselves or the character of God. And so, um, or if there's three-sided fence, I guess it's possible. That'd be corner. But um, anyway, so, yeah. So, you know, if we we want to dialogue with you. I mean, so if you have things or questions, send some additional questions or follow-ups. We'd love to do more research or, and uh, look into it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And if there is something that we don't know, hopefully we we'll be honest and say that we don't know. Uh, That would be, I think, the right thing to do. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about our question today. Is Jesus really the only way to God? I want to start out this conversation just by saying... (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, but um, I think the question is... uh, Not that that it's a wrong question, but I just would phrase it differently, if you will. How would you phrase it, Jake? I would phrase it in, is Jesus the only way to salvation? Because I think that's really what the the question is trying to ask, right? Like that's, that's what the tr- question is trying to get to. Uh, if you think of, is Jesus the only way to God? Uh, well, I go to God in prayer. I see God through the word, like through the Bible. I see God, like I think there are other real Judaism, would oh, okay. be a religion that would worship the same God that we do just without the belief in Jesus. So that's where I would say there's, to me, and, and maybe there are people rolling their eyes like, come on, Jake, this is just a, you know... Uh, it's,
1: a, it's a prompt s- question, Jake. It's okay.
0: Yeah, like, come on. Um, <laughs> but I think it's important that we acknowledge that we're not necessarily saying Jesus is the only way to God. There's, um, I think we talk about these very interchangeable terms in the church of, like, relationship with God, salvation, life in Jesus, like, and, and they all to us maybe mean the same thing, but... In the world's religions, in the other views on who God is or what the ultimate afterlife is or things like that, those would not make sense as interchangeable things. And so I just think it's important that we use the language that we as Christians believe, and that is that Jesus is the only way to salvation. Is that fair? You think that, that does that make sense?
1: It makes sense. Um, yeah, it makes sense.
0: Okay. All right. So just so you know, that's the way we're going to be attacking this. Uh, that's the way we're going to be thinking about this. Um, uh, we're also kind of in the same line of that with looking at different religions. I want to look at this in the sense of comparing maybe this is the Christian viewpoint that Jesus is the only way to salvation with how some other major religions view opportunities for salvation or enlightenment or the ultimate end or however they may see ways to... Uh, get to the final place that they're trying to get to, because uh, there's a variety of viewpoints out there. And so uh, we're going to be looking at a few texts specifically from the Bible for Christianity, um, also with hopefully the, the humble approach that obviously for these other religions, this the, what we have in our scriptures, especially the New Testament, might not apply to them, or they might not see them as applicable to them. So understanding that what we're about to read is applicable for us as Christians um, might not be the best argument to other religions, but we're going to talk about that a little bit.
1: You're just saying like when you're dialoguing with people of other faiths, sometimes usually they might not validate the scriptures in the
0: same way that you do. Correct. Correct. Exactly. So just an understanding ahead of time that somebody who believes in a different religion would not accept the same, these same uh, texts as proof of jesus being the only way to salvation
1: right you might need to approach it in a different way exactly exactly
0: so for us as believers uh we have a number of different passages i'm just going to rattle off a few of them here uh john 14:6 says jesus said to him i am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me uh acts 4:12 says and there is salvation and no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved John three sixteen says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Uh, John ten nine, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and will go in and out and find pasture. Uh, Romans ten nine, because if you confess with your mouth and that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Uh, I got a couple more here, but I think that's probably sufficient. Uh, just that we're building the case here that. Scripture points us to Jesus being the one true way to salvation, and it's not through good deeds, it's not through just a, this is actually a really important point, it's not just a belief in God. Uh, I think yeah. that's something that we that we should, and maybe that was already answered in my retelling of the question, but just a belief in God is not the way to eternal life, it's not the way to salvation. Uh, there are other religions who also would claim to believe in the same God that Christians do,
1: yeah. Even the uh uh the scriptures say even the the demons believe in in God.
0: Exactly, exactly. And so, uh, acknowledge God. It's important that we acknowledge right off the bat, even for those who would proclaim to be Christians and use the terms like "I believe in God" as their basis for Christianity. Saying that you believe in God <laughs> in the literal sense doesn't actually make you a Christian, mm-hmm. which might be hard to hear. And so, um, apologize if that's the case, uh, just, you know, consider maybe, and maybe you, you see that as mean the same thing. Maybe by saying you believe in God, you're saying you believe in Jesus. Obviously, you know, we believe that not even just believing that Jesus exists, right. But like believing in his death and his resurrection, that's a good, that's a good point. Yes. So not just that he he existed, not just that God exists, but that he did die for you, and that you have humbly accepted that you can't find your own salvation, mm-hmm. and that only through faith in Jesus yeah. would you find it.
1: Yeah, so that Romans 10 9, confess with your mouth, so you're declaring that Jesus is Lord, so you're, that's a, that's an act of surrendering to God, and believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved, so if he was raised, then he also died, so you're surrendering to the lordship of King Jesus, and believing in his death on the cross and, and his resurrection.
0: Yeah. So let's take a second here, maybe to just do a jumping off point, Russell, and I'm going to pick your brain a little bit. If I was somebody who was who that upset me, you know, or something, or I was like, well, it's God ultimately, like I believe in God created the world and, you know, whether I believe in Jesus or not, like, why does that matter? Like what what would you say to, back to someone that, that said that?
1: I think that's approaching it from a very human place and also a very individualistic place, which we do in the West. Like mm-hmm. but you know, even your question was with I statements. And so if you do believe that God created the world, uh does this person acknowledge that there's brokenness in the world or not?
0: Yeah. Let's just assume yes. For yeah, a hypothetical. So
1: you, <laughs> yeah, so for a hypothetical, let's assume that they acknowledge the brokenness in the world maybe with contributions from humanity, even themselves, God's rescue plan, if you will, as the author of you know, creation, if you will, wouldn't you think that God would be able to, like as creator gets the opportunity to provide the means for a solution as opposed to yourself being the one to determine what that is? That's what I'd ask the question too. Mm.
0: I think we really struggle with that. I think, and I brought this up in a previous uh, sermon that we did, uh, that if I were to think about a way to save humanity...
1: Yeah, we talked about this.
0: It would be nothing like what God did, which I think is a... I don't want to say that everyone thinks the same way I do, but I think just based off of asking... <laughs> <laughs> something funny about that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think that... I think we we as humans share to some degree a level of a, some desire to save ourselves and especially and maybe maybe i'm saying humanity especially in the west especially in the united states where we have this pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of mentality the american dream is all about no matter what your background is no matter where you came from no matter you know what your beginnings were that you can make a life for yourself and i think that that creeps into or seeps into our theology a little bit in that we want to believe that we can kind of American dream our way into salvation where Mm -hmm. we, no matter how bad we may have been or, you know, whatever our previous mistakes were, we can work our way into salvation. And that's just not the case. I think we fall, I fall back into it. Yeah, absolutely. And, And that's the other thing is that we, This is something that we kind of ping pong in and out of, right? So like Mm -hmm. in our best days, we are fully reliant on Jesus and what his work on the cross was, his death and resurrection means for Mm -hmm. us. And then in our days that we struggle, whether we realize it's a struggle or not, we are trusting in ourselves and our own works and our own good deeds to find God, to find salvation. Sure, sure. So I I think that's a hard thing. And I think it's something that we have to consider when we talk about this, that intellectually or in our minds, we may come to the acceptance that yes, Jesus is the only way to salvation, but through our actions, through the way that we live our lives, through the ways that we engage with culture, we tend to sometimes struggle to actually portray that to the world.
1: Yeah. I think I mean, actually, I, I live I, that way, I guess.
0: Yeah. I just think people, um,
1: this is a part of the human condition. Like we want to determine for ourselves how, our world should work. I don't think that's just a Western thing. I think it's a human thing where it might be less individualized. It might be more communal, like centered on the the good of the community. But like we like we want to decide for ourselves, you know, our own way. And then this guy Jesus comes along to him and he says, I am the way. And that's not just that's not just a a statement about um salvation. It is
0: but it's also a statement about how to be human. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause contextually. So what's happening when Jesus says that, right? He's in a room with the disciples and they're freaking out that he's telling them that he's going to go and die. And they're uh, like, Whoa. Yeah. So, so, so what's the, what's the way after that? How do we, how do we, you know, how do we continue on? Where do we go? What do we do? And he says, Oh, well, I am the way mm-hmm. I am the life, you know? and you're right. And that it's not, it's, it's, it's a lifestyle, I guess it's, uh, it's the way to finding life. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a good point.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So let's, you want to talk about, um, maybe more other, other religions approach to salvation.
0: Yeah. So, uh, belief in God would be one that would be used, uh, that's, I think, uh, just acknowledging God. Yeah. Acknowledging God. I don't want to, um, name specific religions. I have some coming to mind, but I don't want to leave out certain ones. And I also don't want to misrepresent certain ones. So I'm going to, I'm not going to say specific names. We're We're just speaking in a general sense. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Thank you for giving me the words there. So belief in God is one way that some religions have as to finding salvation or, or you know, getting to the ultimate, some of these, there's another thing, uh, and I've hinted at this a couple times already, but certain religions, the goal is not, a a being, it's not a, a monotheistic. Um, and when we say that one God, um, it's, it's either multiple gods. It's a paradise place. It's a enlightenment stance, something like that. So, uh, I think we also need to acknowledge that, you know, not all religions view, getting to salvation as the goal of their religion Uh, there, or there's multiple ways that that kind of happens. So uh, belief in God is one way that uh, other religions see to the ultimate end Uh, knowledge of God, getting to a greater understanding, uh, a greater knowledge of, you know, the world around us or of God or gods and uh, creating just a greater knowledge gets them to a, a higher understanding and enlightenment period. Uh, good deeds. Uh, There are many religions where your good deeds or working a certain way, doing certain things that the religion commands you to do are the way to your ultimate paradise. Uh, Offering alms or buying, purchasing your way into heaven or into the good place uh, is an option for some religions. And then uh, just being by birth into the family that Is saved um, is another opportunity in some religions to uh, find that salvation or or to be in the good place. And so uh, all of those we are categorically saying are not the Christian viewpoint for how to find salvation we're saying that that's strictly through Jesus Uh, but it's really interesting in that all of those share some different things such as uh, the works that they're required uh, or the status that they are required to have stuff like that Uh, whereas the Christian religion the Christian faith would say no it's it's actually not, has nothing to do with your own value, your it's, own merit, your it's, own deeds. It's God's grace. It's all God's grace. It's all through the sacrifice of Jesus. Yep, by grace through faith, yep. Yeah. So any what, what's your initial thought on that, Russell? When you hear those other options for religions to find salvation or to find enlightenment or whatever their end goal may be, um, I don't know, some of those sound like they'd be easier. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, I guess theoretically they would, except for... Like the failure of man, you know, like with our own human condition. I, I always people always. Uh, this is a thing I've said for a long time, and so I probably should reevaluate it, but and I or should do more research. But some people always ask, like, what's the difference between Christianity and other religions? And typically, what you're describing is a you know if if, if a ladder or a mountain that human beings are trying to ascend to get to to God or enlightenment or whatever else it is. And the difference is instead of in Christianity, it's not that I, I somehow can ascend to God. It's that, that Christ descended and came and got me. And then we ascend with him um, by his grace and mercy and his love and also by his sacrifice. And so when I put my faith in that, I'm aligning with not only that, that way of life for the rest of my life. So I'm going to live that way, but also, I get to enjoy this free gift that God has purchased on my behalf. And so it's just, a, it's drastically different, um, in my opinion, because it's not man climbing to God, it's God coming to get man. Mm.
0: Yeah, I really like the way that you said that. I think that simultaneously, to, human
1: beings, sorry. <laughs> yeah,
0: thank you. Um, it simultaneously makes things easier and harder, as I consider that. Cause some, for some of the reasons that we already talked about, but just the idea that I can't check enough boxes or I can't do the right things, aside from maybe p- just putting my faith in Jesus, um, but that seems, in some ways, even harder. Just because I don't know, you know, what it is that I necessarily like. I there's something inside me that craves wanting to earn it. And I think that's, you know, kind of what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, But— You want to be good enough. Yeah, I do. And and I think that the church also has made—the church even, in history, has made the impression upon non-believers that we somehow have elevated because of our faith in Jesus. That we are better, that our deeds—or that they need to change their deeds in order to come to faith in Christ— and that's not the gospel, <laughs> right? It's, right. You know, it, it's, uh, that's the opposite of the gospel in some ways. Um, and that we don't, like you were saying, we don't earn our way. And, and I think, I think the church, this is not the case that necessarily the church has made that you get all the way to the top rung on your own, but they might give the impression that you get the first three rungs on your own. <laughs> and then you're high enough that Jesus can actually reach down and grab you. Yeah, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> that's not how it works. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let, me, let me polish this up uh, before God can save me. So I'm a little bit cleaner. Right. And and scripturally speaking, it almost feels like the dirtier you are, the better chance you have <laughs> of God coming to save you. Like, like we have examples of brokenness after brokenness that, that God comes for. We're sure. doing a series in Jonah right now where he's sending a prophet to go and save the Ninevites who I think at the time were one of the most evil people groups that were known to man. Yeah. yeah, and That's who God chooses to use this prophet to go and save.
1: Yeah. But I think that's in his character. Like God is a saving God. He's a rescuing God. And so if people that have issue with like God's, you know, structure in the world, it's like, well, if we, like at the end of Jonah, he just, he, basically restates the description that God gives of himself you know God's full of mercy compassionate slow to anger abounding in loyal love and faithfulness that's a pretty dang good description of a God that I want to serve yeah. and will will relent on his anger towards you when you uh, when you turn to him Yeah, like he's just waiting for you to turn or surrender
0: yeah uh, okay so I think we've made the case for just in general, this is kind of what other religions believe. This is what we believe, but there's also somewhat of a spectrum inside of what we believe. So inside of a faith in Jesus bringing us to salvation. uh, And by the way, I want to make this point too. This is just popping in my head here, but Jesus offers so much more than just salvation at, at the end of your life. I guess that's kind of a common misconception of the Christian tradition that we put our faith in Jesus because at the end of our lives, we get to spend eternity in the good place. Uh, Jesus offers us life today, offers a different, like like my life has been changed. I wholeheartedly believe because of my faith in Jesus, because of walking with him, because of the different things that he, in my own prayer life or in the ways that I feel he's um, encouraged me to do, that that has changed my life and the trajectory of it. Um, and so, it's a common misconception. I think that the Christians believe that Jesus is the road to salvation at the end of their lives. Like Jesus is the road to salvation in my life today. Yeah. And I'm saved from my own flesh. I'm saved from my sinly desires. I'm saved from, you know, and not that I don't do anything wrong anymore. I certainly make mistakes. I sin all the time, but I know that Jesus is leading me to a greater level of, uh, hopefully being a blessing to the world, hopefully being loving and caring, compassionate and, imitating the way that he lived his life and so that's what we're hoping for in the Christian tradition is to find those things today and not just at the end of our lives Um, okay so to get back on track here Uh, (laughs) we talked about what other religions believe. We talked about what the Christians believe, but inside of that, there's also a spectrum of ways that we have been talked about that are ways to get to Jesus. So, uh, that spectrum on one end is a universalist, which would say that eventually everyone comes to Jesus in some way, or everyone comes to salvation. Everyone comes to God, um, in some way, some form or fashion, whether it's, I don't, would would universalists have some kind of purgatory in mind, or would it be in their own like in their days living here? Do you do you? Know? I, I
1: don't know because I'm not a universalist, but um, I I mean I guess you could potentially have a purgatory. Okay. I, I I could imagine one. Yeah, like you you know those that do whatever however they're measuring it, right? Like everyone gets there somehow, but you know the group that gets to go first goes, and then there's a holding cell for them to eventually realize their need or you know, accomplish enough goodies and then they get to go back up. <laughs> goodies. I don't know. And I'm not trying to dog, Like, I right. just not a universalist. So I don't know. Right. I don't know the variance of viewpoints, but I could imagine. Yeah. It's either
0: we all go now or a Some people would say eventually, you know, right. And if have, you hold that viewpoint, we do apologize. It's not meant to belittle you or to make it sound like, you know, that, uh, That was a joke, and uh, hopefully it didn't feel offensive. Um, Not what we're trying to say, but there's a viewpoint. We're just trying to make the case. There's a viewpoint that everyone eventually comes to that place. The extreme other side would say exclusively those who have heard the gospel, those who have heard the good news about Jesus and have responded specifically to that message uh, would be the ones that are saved or find salvation through Christ. Yeah, and so...
1: Exclusive, like it's only in Jesus. Uh, universalism would say it's whatever. Like, there's no, it's anyway. Basically, mm-hmm. you can make up your own religion today, potentially, and well, not even potentially. You could, and eventually, you would find the good place to use your language.
0: Well, I think so. There apart, are maybe maybe we're on different. We're, may, I think we're describing two different things. I think there's a there's a there's a universalist, like a general universalist, that would say all religions. Go to the same place, which I think is actually kind of offensive to the other religions and that would, to ours.
1: That would be called uh, inclusivism, is what that actually okay. is. Okay, so yeah, so it, religious inclusivism, uh, and so would say that all religions eventually will lead to, like, to the good place, right?
0: Which no individual religion would agree with that. But so I guess sure. my yeah, and I
1: and I, maybe to clarify, and there's probably also variants in our own study, like yes. who you read could they could use different language. Um, And then, yeah, so universalism is just like, I think it's just like, it's just a big open door where every person will go to the next place or the heavenly place. It doesn't matter what religion you are.
0: So I think there's a version of universalist though that is inside the Christian tradition that specifically says all roads lead to Jesus. I could be wrong about that, but I think that that is, yeah, I think, maybe like you said, it's just a difference it, of who you read. It's
1: religious to, instrumentalism uh, oh my gosh! Yeah, it's religious instrumentalism. You didn't think you'd hear that on a podcast, traditional today, did you? <laughs> inclusivism is what it is.
0: <laughs> so what
1: it is, it's 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 the it is the example of so Christ is actually the only savior of the world. Like it's in his death and his resurrection. It's but it's it uses other religions as a vehicle to for to for people to like to accept it. I think.
0: Interesting. Again, okay.
1: I'm not an expert on any of this. I just know. Now, or are you saying, are you saying there's like another, there's a viewpoint in universalism that says, like, it doesn't really matter if you acknowledge Jesus at all. It's not really based on Jesus' death or resurrection. It's just all religions go to the same place.
0: No, nope. So I'm going with, uh, and I think John 3.16 is one that a lot of people that would hold this viewpoint would point to and say, see, Christ died for the entire world. Yeah, he did. So eventually all will be saved through him. Mm-hmm. And whether, you know, and we would not necessarily hold that view, but that is a viewpoint that someone who would call themselves a Christian. Would right. Hold. So.
1: Yeah. Yes. There are, there are people in Christendom that do hold that. I'm, I'm not there just because I think, um, I do think that Christ died for the whole world. I will say that I, but I, um, but I am not, I'm not there because I do think that, uh, like we were talking about people want to go their own way. <laughs> Um, and I do, I do, this actually goes back to a different podcast from a few weeks ago, but I think eventually we talk about how sin causes us to become like less human. What does happen sometimes I think is that people get so far removed from God that they like, they, they have no desire and they lose even their humanness to even like, to even come back to him. So it's not what we're supposed to talk about right now, by the way,
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's coming back. So that's one side of the. Specifically in the Christian tradition. Yeah. Again, the other side would be saying, and they use uh, a, a different verse that would talk about. Uh, I think Paul is saying that uh, how would I am going to butcher this? But how would they know unless they hear? How will they hear unless they they preach? Yep. And how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good? Yeah. Things.
1: It's Romans ten, right before or right after the confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord.
0: There you go. So that that viewpoint that uh, that end of the spectrum would say that. Only through preaching of the good word. Now, the struggle with this point of view is, what about, you know, you get the what aboutism of sure. the tribe in Africa. It's, it's always, for some reason, it's always in Africa. I don't know why. Uh, tri- how about the tribe in Asia? Or how about the, you know, I don't know, whatever. The That's, tribe in the Amazon or, yeah. yeah. Alaska. I don't know. Um, What? <laughs> you know, whatever. People don't want to go up to the cold. Uh, <laughs> the point is... Um, there's always the whataboutism of the group that's never had the opportunity to hear the gospel, and how could God be loving if He doesn't share the good news with that group? And yet, the only way to salvation is through the preaching of the word, as this tradition or as this belief would hold. So, uh, let's just play. I'll play devil's advocate here, Russell, and to say to you, uh, I have a hard time believing that God is loving if he would not offer salvation to that people group. Sure. I think a lot of people do. Uh
1: I think it's why so uh, I we were talking earlier. So I like um I can go back and forth. It's, this is my fence sitting as well. Um I can go back and forth like so one I be, I absolutely believe that Jesus is the only way and it's found in his death and his resurrection. Um I go back and forth between two of these views they're called exclu- the one exclusivism is what you just outlined, which is you, you have to confess. Like people need to know who Jesus is and confess to their mouth. I think scripture is probably the clearest on that one, honestly. Uh, but there also is room for, uh, a, the, the view that I would call it right off that, which is this agnosticism, which is just like, you, you don't know, like we don't know, we just don't know. Uh, and so there's two versions of that. Um, agnosticism, this view is that scripture is silent and offers no explicit statements on the fate of the unevangelized. And this actually would extend to like infants and uh, uh, mentally disabled as well. And I'm, I'm actually quoting from a, an article from Tim Mackey uh, that how he defined it. And then the second thing is scripture highlights are the merciful and he's just outlining the positions, by the way, this is his position. Uh, scripture highlights the merciful grace and justice of God. All we can do is that no one is saved by their own merit, but only by the atoning death and resurrection of Jesus, whether consciously acknowledged or not. So there's two views of this. There's a positive view, which is like more affirming of it. That's like, yeah, we really just lean on it. We don't know, but we really trust that God's going to be gracious and act kindly. This John Stott is a theologian. He says this, I believe the most Christian stance is to remain agnostic on the question of the unevangelized. The fact is that alongside the uh, the most solemn warnings about our responsibility to respond to the gospel... Has not revealed how he will deal uh, with those who have not heard. We have to leave them in the hands of God of, of infinite mercy uh, and justice, who manifested those qualities m- most fully on the cross. Abraham's question, "Will not the Judge of the Earth do right?" Genesis eighteen twenty five is our confidence, and so we you can say that Scripture yes Romans ten is is a landmark passage for the exclusivists, uh, but there is. That is the what-ifs, and so we have to lean in on God's character. Uh, if you're, you're like, I don't know who John Stott is, there's a guy named D.A. Car- da Carson, who is a very famous Reformed theologian, really great, great New Testament scholar. He is uh, what is considered a um, uh, a, a pessimistic uh Agnostic is what it is. So this is from one of his books when he's talking about Romans 2. He says, One must imagine some pagan afflicted by conscience crying to his maker for mercy. This is not what the text says, but it does not absolutely shut the door to the possibility. He's commenting on Acts 17. 24 through 30. So it may be the case that God has in some cases opened the eyes of some people to recognize the existence and graciousness of their maker and turn to him in repentance and faith. But the text does not say this is taking place. So his 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 point of view is it's possible, but it's not explicit enough in the text for him to say it. that's why he's a pessimist, where Stott's more of an optimist saying we're we we optimistically believe in God's character. And whereas D.A. Carson says, I don't know, but, but I'm not, I'm not sure. So I, where I am is I think we as followers of Jesus should live like exclusivists because I think it causes it, it should stir up in us the most. Can you
0: give us a, like, what is it? What do you mean by that? We should live like exclusivists.
1: That people need to know the good. They need to know the gospel. They need to know the message of Jesus. Okay. Thank you and what i mean why i think that is because i think it's the the most compelling one to make you actually go and share the gospel all of these like subcategories you all, we should all evangelize still i'm quoting i'm doing air quotes when i'm saying that but they give the the further you get away from exclusivism it gives less it pulls further away from like it, there's not as much of a reason if you will um to share the good news about jesus not only for for people to experience salvation or life after this life, but for them to experience the grace and mercy and the, uh, new creation or the newness of life that is in Christ that they can experience today. And so for that reason, like we should be exclusivists in a sense of one, it's probably the most clear in scripture. Uh, like that's how we should live because it, it should compel us to, I hate the word compel. It should move us. It should stir us, to go and share the good news across the nations like to every place that places that have not heard to maybe to our neighbor to our friend to our coworker to people that could go like that 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 they don't have like don't even have the language like we don't even know their language yet like we should go learn their languages so we could t- tell them about Christ so they could experience this incredible saving grace that is found in him um, and then i you know if you're stirred up at night i i still think you know there is There are passages. There are. I mean, D. A. Carson is a incredible theologian who like you can't really like if you're like I refute I refute the agnostic, (laughs) then you're refuting D. A. Carson in some capacity where it's like that dude's brilliant and he's like I don't know like I don't I can't say it but I don't know it's possible and so or you could be like Stout and say or Stott and say like I you know I believe in the goodness of God's character. And I know that he's a good judge and he's going to do what's right.
0: Yeah. Hmm. That, was that was a lot. lot. That was no. a lot. Yeah. That was a lot to take in. Uh, if you need to take a break and pause, it's a good time to do it. Um, but you, I want to sit in that idea for a second of living, you know, not actually having a, the perfect answer. Cause I think you're right about that. And that like, I'm thinking of a couple passages that come to mind that point to, um, the law of god being written on our hearts you know so at some level we are born with a conscious a conscience that dictates you know hey that was wrong or that was right right there, there's something inside of us that that kind of you know the light bulb comes on uh, when we do something wrong um now you could argue the varying degrees of that or whatever but it's just that's that's what scripture tells us uh there's also a part of me that thinks about, Creation revealing the nature of God. Sure. Uh, there's a part, the, uh, there's uh, verses in, in Revelation that would point to um, a representative from every tribe of the world right. being in the good place at the end of the days. And so there's plenty of evidence that you could point to that would say, although we cannot craft the case to say that scripture exclusively says Everyone, you know, that the, the gospel is for anyone, even if they don't actually hear the word preached. There's some other way. I think there's evidence that you could point to that would at least get you to a middle ground between those two extremes. But the way that you're talking about it is to is to recognize that there's maybe a middle ground that I don't know is where I maybe you know what I believe, but I'm going to live like it's this one extreme on the exclusive side because. I want to share the good news and I want to, I want that to motivate me to go and share the good news as much as I possibly can and not wait. I think we sometimes have this idea of we can wait because, you know, as long as we just tell somebody before they die, you know, they're good. They're going to, you know, be saved. But again, I'd go back to that idea. Like, no, like today Mm -hmm. that's offered to them today. The good news of Jesus changes their life today. And that's our motivation. That's the urgency of the gospel yep. is that it's not just for tomorrow. It's not just for the last days of your life, but it's actually offers you something beautiful and great today. And that's why we should go and share because we like, that's just another day of living in darkness. It's another day of living in chaos. It's unnecessary because Jesus offers more than that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, and again, like if you, if you like said, you have to pick one. Yeah. Like I think for what I know today of a scripture, I would probably, I wouldn't,
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I was. Go-
1: I was about to stop you because you wouldn't. <laughs> I really wouldn't. I would say if you say like if you if you say hey, what's more like I, I don't know. I I don't know. But I, I'd say if you're needing an answer, then be an exclusivist because mm-hmm. you, then you're landing somewhere, and then you're also fulfilling the Great Commission, and it's probably the most. Uh, it's. I'm not saying that the agnostic doesn't. There's room for in the agnostic. Uh, view and and the positive, positive and the negative or the pessimistic versions, but I do think um, it. Sh- the reason why I would say to be there is because it will compel you to share the good news. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And if you land on the other side, if you are more on the universal side, I understand that 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 feels probably more like the lo- more loving view. You know, the the idea that God would eventually save everyone. I don't necessarily see that in Scripture, but I understand why. You might feel that way, just wanting that, desiring for that to be the case.
1: I long I, I wish. I wish the Bible said that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. Like
1: I like for me, I really do. And I there are a couple of like you know, all Israel will be saved, and like there are. There's a couple. I get like you could. There's there's people that really lean on some of that stuff, but I do go back to if sin becomes an uncreating act, and that sin causes me to stop being human, then and also God is a gracious and fair God. And if you don't want anything to do with him, he will, he will turn you over or, or, uh, let you go, um, into whatever path like that you're, you're choosing, which would be far, far away from him. And so he'll give you what you want. If you don't, there are human beings that don't, they want nothing to do with the, the, the God of the universe.
0: Yeah. Let's, Maybe wrap up here then, Russell. Is there anything else in this idea that you would like to share that you just feel like we haven't maybe touched on that or need need to clarify?
1: No, I don't. I mean, I I think it's interesting to do the research. I think C.S. Lewis has some interesting things. Uh, If you ever have time, read The Great Divorce. It's a great book just as an interesting thought process. Also, the Chronicles of Narnia have little nuances of these things too, which, again, if you haven't read any of those things, Um, It's really, it's, it's, it's fascinating. And I can, uh, I'll have Jake put the book references in the, in the notes. Um, But life and salvation are found in Christ. That's where I want to leave it. Like, regardless of this view, like your view, life salvation is found in the death and resurrection of Jesus. And, um, and, and because it is, Every single day, I can experience new mercies, new grace, and and new life and restoration because he's working in my life today.
0: I love that. I wanted to add something else, but I think that's a good spot to stop. So thanks so much for listening to this episode. We love you all. Come back next week and check out another episode. See you then. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mission City Church podcast. Mission City Church is a non-denominational church in Mission, Kansas. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at Cinemark 20 off of Johnson Drive and I-35. And we also have five community groups that meet throughout the Kansas City metro. If you live in the Kansas City area and would like more information, please visit our website at missioncitykc.com or you can send me an email at jake at missioncitykc.com.